Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm up at the Miami Vineyard this weekend, uh, and so uh, I wanted to take a couple of minutes and say hello to you. I'm going to miss you guys, of course, but uh, I think you'll have a great day. Doug and Georgina and Fran are going to work together on this message that uh, uh, we're going to present to you today. I'm going to give a little introduction. Uh, it continues on in the series we're doing, Do You Want to Get Well? Um, and we're well into this series now, so uh, you kind of know the premise, most of you. Um, and uh, what we're going to talk about today as we, we sort of continue on in, the, in um, just um, making sure we understand the tricks and the traps of the enemy and how he's trying to steal life from us and the, and the things that he uses to do that and how we, how we stand against that so we can experience the full and abundant life that Jesus came to give us. And so we've been looking at a lot of the tricks and traps. You know, we've talked about fear and worry and distraction and guilt and shame. And last week we touched on what we're going to talk about today, but we're going to spend some more time on it, and that's pride. How the enemy likes to use pride to steal life from us. And so um, what we're going to be talking about in, in that process is, is uh, uh, making sure we're aware of how we fall into that trap so, so that we don't continue to fall into it. Our scripture reading today is 1 John 2.16. For all that is in the world... The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Same verse in the message paraphrase. Practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from Him. So the pride, you know, the pride of life, wanting to appear important is not from God. It's a trick and trap of the enemy. God wants us to live lives of humility. Colossians 3.12 says this, So chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline. We're to be a people of humility, a gentle people. Unfortunately, humility and gentleness has gotten sort of a bad rap in our culture, and people often perceive gentleness and humility as a sign of weakness. But it's not. It's a, it's a, it's a sign of strength. Um, uh, you know, we've, we've sort of bought into the lie that, that in order to get our own way, we can be rude and, and we can manipulate and we can be offensive. We can do whatever we want to try and get things the, to happen the way we want them to happen. But that's not how we uh, are supposed to live uh, this life. Um, and, and if you remember last week in our story about uh, the encounter uh, that Elijah has, and, and in particular there in 19, the one that he has with God. Uh, let me read it to you. It's 1 Kings 19, 11 through 13. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord's about to pass by. And then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And that was God. God is gentle with all his power, power that made the universe and holds all things uh, in, in, in together today. There's nothing in all the world as gentle as God is. We see this gentleness modeled in the life of Christ, uh, who is our model for life and ministry. He 
He cares for the lost, the, the down and outers, the broken, the sick. He, he sees them. Remember, I, I said to you how in this whole series, how cool it is that, that Jesus sees the man at the pool of Bethesda and engages him in conversation and extends to him the kingdom of God. In, in this case, in this series, with the question, do you want to get well? He's the picture of gentleness and humility in a broken world. He teaches about the importance of this in, in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 5. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. So using that message today, we're going to spring from here into talking about um, the first part of, of that verse, blessed are the meek, and then we'll, we'll touch at the end on um, the in, inheriting the earth part. Um, but hopefully what you're going to see today is what humility, meekness, and gentleness look like in practical ways. So, um, Doug, Georgina, Fran, give them heaven, and uh, Doug, come on up and get things started. So, first point that we're looking at is how you treat people. How do you treat people? We read in Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 10. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. How are you treating people? Are they a part of the scenery and machinery of your life? Or do you see them as people that God loves extravagantly? Everything we do here is based on how your relationships are. Um, when we say thankful for five things, encourage two people so we can get one more lost child back to dad. That spills over into every relationship you have. Obviously, the most important relationship you have is with God, but this impacts the way your relationships are with other people. If you wake up grumpy and in a bad mood, you're going to be mean to your wife. When you go to the store, you're going to be mean to the cashier or sarcastic to the waiter who's getting your coffee when they make a little small error. How are you treating the people around you? Do you take time to get to know them at all? How about the people in your inner circle? What's your relationship with each of them? One of the best ways to answer that question is to take a pulse of your frustration level. If you're frustrated with everyone around you, your relationships are self-focused, self-driven, and they're more about you than them. When you feel yourself getting frustrated with people, take a deep breath and refocus. Sometimes it helps me to count to three, count to five, count to ten, whatever number it takes to not get frustrated with people. Um, what happens when you get in a long line? You just count, wait, and get over eventually. Just remember that life's not all about you. We need to honor one another above ourselves. So that's the first point. Georgina, Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and help us with the second point? little typo. How do you handle what you know or think you know? In Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 and 14, um, it tells us, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, 
which binds them all together in perfect unity. This is what this looks like. Are you teachable? You know, do you feel that you, others can add to your life? Do you feel that they can, you can learn from them? Are you teachable? Or do you feel that there's nothing, that you have it all pretty much figured out, that there's nothing that anyone can teach you? Do you have an opinion about almost everything? And, do you f and, and, that, and do you feel that you need to interject all the time? Um, I have a little story about that. Um, I have a five-year-old. Her name is you know, Hannah, and she's really sweet and kind. And every time I train a teacher for her classroom, I let them know, you know, just so you know, my little one, you know, she's, um, she's very vocal, just so you know. You know? And um, about three weeks ago, we went to a conference, and they had a Sunday, um, Sunday school curriculum for the kids. You know, I would drop her off and pick it up pick her up and the teachers was like oh she's a really good girl you know she and she's a good listener and a good helper and I was like okay great great and um, towards the end of the class um, they gave each of their children under them that they were taking care of a card and this is what they gave um, they gave Hannah a card and this is what they wrote they said dear Hannah you are such a peaceful quiet blessing you always listen and you are always quick to help me and quick to tell me your thoughts. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's my girl. <laughs> she has an opinion about everything and she tells it. You know, she gets stuff from her dad, really. <laughs> yes, okay, another point is, do you think it is important to always prove yourself right? You know what this looks like to me and to, um, I've seen it? Um, when you have an, when you are discussing something with someone and maybe they question the um, the truth of it or they question you about it, do you quick go to your iPad or your iPhone or smartphone that you have and you look for the answer, you know, to make sure like, look, I'm I'm serious. This is it. I have proof that I'm right. Do you do you ever do that? <laughs> yeah. Do you ever stop to consider? Are you able to that you might be wrong about anything or something? Can you walk hand in hand with someone even if you don't see eye to eye with them? You know, can you? Can you agree to disagree and still maintain relationship? Um, you know, when I went a couple years ago, gosh, it's been seven years, I graduated from the Vineyard Leadership Institute that the Vineyard has to train leaders in the church. And um, I remember learning so much. And, you know, God was so good to me that he let me um, really understand a lot of things. And, and things came easy for me. And while I was reading my Bible, um, we were reading and studying Corinthians, you know, I came across this verse that really spoke to me. And it was like um, like a guide to me for for everything that I do in ministry, and, and, and it's, it's from um, 1 Corinthians 8, 1, the second part, actually it's the second part, you know, I was talking about the Corinthians, you know, they were very smart people, and they were gifted, and, and it talked about, um, you know, the knowledge, you know, that puffs up, you know, but love, love is what lifts people up, you know, and that's what we want to do, you know, with everything that we know, we want to be loving about it, we want to clothe ourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness, and with patience, so that we can, you know, we can walk in this, in love with this, that's our prayer for me and for you. And now Pastor Fran with point three. All right. I'll have to look that up real quick to see if Hannah gets that from me or from Georgina. 
I do tend to go to the Google real quick. Uh, point number three, how you look at the world. How you look at the world. Have you ever thought about that for a second? How do you view the world around you? Is it a place that, that is just chaotic and, and uh, there's no good around you? Or is it a place where there is some kindness and there is some, some um, gentleness, but there's also an attitude of, you know, I've got to get mine, I've got to get mine. Um, so it's all about how you look at the world. 1 Timothy 6, 10 through 12 tells us, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. But you... Man of God, flee from all of this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Are you more focused on temporary things or eternal things? What do you treasure? Do you treasure your relationships or do you treasure your stuff? And I love stuff. Uh, but I love my relationships more than my stuff. And I truly can say that today. In the past, that wasn't always so. Um, I would cling to my stuff, hold to my stuff. I didn't want to let any of my stuff go. Um, but now I look at the stuff as just stuff that I, I can enjoy with others. Um, but you have to ask yourself, what am I clinging to? Am I clinging to my stuff or am I clinging to my relationships? Jesus said in Matthew 6.21 that where your treasure is, there your heart will be. These are areas that we can all practice being gentle and humble in. Have you ever noticed that there is not much gentleness in the world around us? Most people are either angry or afraid, and I truly believe it's because they haven't connected yet with Christ. Which brings up the second half of our verse today, that the meek will inherit the earth. The meek will inherit the earth. The definition of the Greek word for earth here is this, from a primary word, soil, by extension a region, or the solid part, or the whole of the terrene globe, including the occupants in each application. Our inheritance is the earth, including the occupants. Our inheritance is the heart of our mission as a church. I don't know if you guys ever noticed a grape guy, but he's all over the place. You know, he's got the arms going, and the legs are going, and uh, he's moving. And he's not moving just to go home and sit on the couch and watch a little TV. He's moving to go out there and bless people, to bring the gentleness to people, and to show people that there's still love in this world. And that's, that's the focus of our grape guy. He's out there moving. He's doing things. And the other day I was uh, giving away ice pops, and a guy looked up and said, ah, I should have figured, the grape guy. And uh, I'm not the grape guy. I wasn't wearing a big grape suit or anything, but I had the grape guy in my shirt. Uh, and it's kind of neat if you start to think about that, that the community now in Big Pine here and some of the surrounding islands recognize being blessed and, and you know, getting you know, wonderful little things um, in relationship to uh, God and, and the church and the grape guy. And I was thinking that you know, with this being our inheritance, the people in this area, could you imagine if we had a lot of people with those grape guy shirts out there touching and touching and touching more and more hearts um, and blessing more and more people, showing that gentleness? Because that's what Christ wants us to do. The attitude of gentleness and humility is a necessary part of fulfilling the mission. Look at this verse, 1 Peter 3.15. But in your heart set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. 
but do this with gentleness and respect. We are to be ready to give an answer for the hope that we have, but it needs to be presented in a way of gentleness and respect. And that's how we do our outreaches. We like to do them in a gentle way, in a loving way, just to catch people off guard. What do you mean you're giving away an ice pop? Why are you giving away an ice pop? Because I think if Christ was here on uh, you know, a nice hot summer day in the big pine area, he'd probably want you to have an ice pop. So here's an ice pop. Here's a nice cold soda. Um, it's a gentle way to bring people into the kingdom and to make them feel wanted and loved. So that's what we're supposed to be doing. And we need to do it with respect. We need to remember that there's one more lost child out there that needs to be brought home to dad. And gentleness, humility, being yielded to the Spirit of God will allow us to keep the focus off of us and on him, which will keep us free from the enemy's trap of pride. So as we close, remember this. James 4, 6 through 7. But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Amen? Amen. Well, for all those out there in TV land, we're glad that you joined us and look forward to seeing you again. If you need anything from us here at the Vineyard, there should be a number popping up on the screen in a minute um, where you could call us or you could hop online and check us out. There's you know, ways to email and all that other wonderful stuff. And eventually it will pop up on the screen. And God bless you all. Thanks for watching. And for everyone here, um, we're going to take a few minutes and um, have some coffee.